With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Tonight, we are going inside the Dallas Cowboys analytics department. Thanks to David Howman, who had a four-part article series over at Blog and the Boys, going behind the scenes and talking to people inside the organization who shed some light into how things have gone inside that analytics department. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. Here we go. What is up, everyone? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out uh, adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor. If you enjoy the show, hit the like button for me. It's free. It takes about half a second to do so, and it helps put this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. Uh, I'm excited about today's show because, as you can see, we have a guest of honor here on the show. We don't usually bring a lot of guests, man, but when when we do, I think, I think, not trying to pat myself on the back here, but I think we nail it. We hit it out of the park, and today with me is David Howman from Blogging the Boys. David, welcome to the show, man. How are you? I'm doing good, and man, that is a that, that is a tall thing I have to measure up to. You, you really set the bar high, so I'm gonna do my best tonight. <laughs> nah, man, for real. Like, so for those of you who don't know, David put together a four article series over on uh, Blogging the Boys, which was very informative. It really was very fun to read too, and it was basically going talking to the to people in the organization, current and former members of the team, and try to get some insight into the Cowboys analytics department. If you guys remember, we talked about it during the show like last year, right, when the Cowboys were trying to put together this revamped analytics department led by John Park. We talked about what that could mean for Dallas. I guess, David, like, just to open things up, my question is, my, my first question has to be like, how did you come up with this idea? Because that that was a pretty original, you know, story to attack in the offseason where, where when everyone is thinking about contract extensions and maybe everyone is thinking about who's going to be fired, who's going to be hired as the next defensive coordinator of the Cowboys, right? Where did this idea come from for you, man? Well, it really started uh, last offseason as the Cowboys were making all of these changes with their analytics department. Um me personally, I'm I'm a big proponent of analytics and their uh, continued integration into football just around the league and obviously covering the Cowboys for that team specifically. Um, and, and so when they were making all these hires, you know, when they when they first announced John Parks hiring and then you know all the different people that they hired afterwards, uh, as it was happening, I was writing up you know articles talking about they hired this person. This is kind of their background. Um, and kind of documenting the fact that this department was expanding the likes of which the Cowboys have never seen before. Um, and then around like preseason, regular season, I was 
I, I got kind of curious about, well, you know, they, they were really a team of two that had been for the last year and a half operating really just as one person. Um, and, and now suddenly they have, you know, six or seven people. How much changes in that span? Like what is, how much are they expanding? What is that going to look like? Um, and so I just kind of started asking some questions and I was like, I don't know if this is going to lead anywhere over the course of the season. You know, I was able to, I was very fortunate to get in touch with several people. And then from there, like, you know, they would recommend me to other people to talk to and kind of going through that process. And, um, and then as the, the way the season kind of unfolded, that kind of added in some layers of analysis too, of what we kind of saw change with the Cowboys throughout the season, whether it was the play calling or some of the ways that they, you know, the offense operator, the defense and some of their, uh, you know, adjustments to injury or scheme or whatever it might be. Um, so it, it was an interesting ride, not only just evaluating the season, but also in the back of my mind, being like, oh, and how does it also, you know, impact what I'm kind of, you know, working on in the background. And, and so then at the end of the, the season was kind of the right time to put it all together and, and put it out. So um, I, I'm happy to hear, you know, some, some nice reception from, from you and glad you read it. <laughs> Man, like uh, I was telling you before we went live, and this is also for everyone listening, man. Uh, stay here for the interview, right? Let, let's let's have this show together and enjoy it. But also, after we're done with the show, go Google that over on Blogging the Voice or search for it on Blogging the Voice because um, it's really a very, very good read. Uh, and I was telling David before the show went live that it, it, felt like, it feels like a, the athletic deep story on something. So I thought that was pretty amazing. And I always have... Uh, strong admiration for the athletic, which is why I bring them up because I really think that some of their stories are very in depth and very um, high quality. So let's let's talk about you know we'll get to McCarthy and all that, but first one of the big takeaways for me is we didn't really know what was going on with the analytics department for the Cowboys before Mike McCarthy, right? Uh, McCarthy, as you point out in the in the articles. Um, he was on this PR campaign where they put him, you know, they recorded him with all of his coaching staff that he was preparing with. And he was talking big about, uh, you know, we're going to go deep into analytics and I have a newfound belief in analytics and all that. And then for the first couple of years, it was like, where is this Mike? Right? Like we're not seeing a more aggressive team on fourth down. We're not seeing uh, more pass happiness and all that. But it turns out the Cowboys always had like that analytics department. It just didn't do as much as we would expect. And apparently, out of what the Cowboys would expect, based on your findings, David. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I want to start by kind of like explaining analytics because because this is like yeah. such a it's become such a hot topic in in the NFL world and. Um, you know, it's a word now that like gets thrown around, even on broadcasts, you know, Joe Buck will say, oh, the analytics say go. Yeah. Like, what does that actually mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I mean, simply put, analytics is just taking all of the stuff that football coaches and scouts have already been doing and looking at and just automating it instead of having to watch hours of film to generate, oh, this team likes to run this concept on third down. So we know to prepare for that. It's, you know, taking all the player tracking data and running a, a system to, you know, easily calculate all of that. It's just taking the information and making it a little easier to manage. 
um, which then there's other applications that can come from that. So like with fourth down decision-making, that, that's kind of the, the go-to example of analytics integrated into football now. Um, and, and really the, I guess, the hot button topic when discussing analytics, because some, some people out there don't like the aggressive approach on fourth down. But really when, you know, when Joe Buck is saying analytics say go, it's really, it's looking at win probability and, you know, how much your odds of winning increase from going forward and being successful relative to, you know, the, the potential loss and win probability from going forward and not getting it. And kind of, you know, it, it's risk assessment really is what it is, but it's, it's using uh, data and science with a preset like determination of parameters of how much a team wants to risk it um, to, to be able to make a more clear decision as opposed to a coach just relying on their gut instinct. Uh, some coaches really like it. Mike McCarthy has generally, you know, leaned into it a little bit more. Dan Campbell has certainly leaned into it a lot. Um, other coaches out there, Bill Belichick doesn't really, you know, he, he's, he's more of the old fashioned coach. And um, so it's, it's, it's just an extra tool that a lot of coaches have in, in their bag. And so, you know, for the Cowboys, they were, they, they had a little bit of an analytics department, um, but it wasn't really a, a, a large one. And they, they kind of built that up around uh, 2012, 2013, 14, uh, mostly run by a guy named Tom Robinson um, who, you know, I, I go into a good detail on kind of his career journey with the Cowboys in, in the articles series. Um, and, you know, around the time that he, he, he joined the Cowboys around 2009 and then kind of rose through the ranks when he got to the point of being kind of in charge of the quote unquote analytics department, as small as it was at the time, that was around 2014, right around the time when Will McClay kind of ascended to his current role. Uh, and that's no coincidence either because Will McClay is a big proponent of analytics too. Um, everybody that I talked to said, you know, he's a big supporter of it. He believes in it. You know, it has backing from Will McClay, which is huge. Um, but uh, around that time, like pro football focus was really just kind of coming into uh, the mainstream, which that was really the big first, like big mainstream analytics website out there, football analytics website. Um so, you know, at that time, it was it was still a very new concept in terms of what they were doing relative to what hadn't been done before. And so, you know, the some NFL teams didn't really embrace it in this this full-throated way until about 2017, 2018 with, uh, you know, the Cleveland Browns, the Baltimore Ravens really were the drivers of it. Um, the Eagles, the Eagles had already, you know, been kind of doing their own thing, but they really you know, expanded over that time too. So it, it was kind of a fairly recent trend of teams having really big departments dedicated just to analytics and incorporating that into the football decision-making in-game. Um, and the Cowboys just kind of, you know, they, they fell behind the curve a little bit. And, you know, that was part of Mike McCarthy's approach was we're going to beef up our analytics department. We're going to make that a core piece of what we do. Um, but then from when he got hired to now, obviously there was a little bit of a rocky road getting that actually built up until now. Yeah. And, and you mentioned McClay supported it, right? And, and I thought that was a, an interesting part of your series where we're finding out who is for an analytics department and who is for maybe, you know, a little bit against it or not, not against it, but like showing some resistance to it. Right. And 
I found it interesting that, you know, you mentioned McClay, but you also mentioned like Jerry Jones, right? Who maybe a lot of people because of his age and everything, uh, you know, they might think, hey, he's old school. Uh, and I thought it was interesting, you know, to the fact that you pointed out like the trade chart in a way is also some sort of like data that you're using to really figure out uh, what it, the value is of like players and draft fixes specifically and how you should think about all that. And then Jason Garrett, like the Jason Garrett nuggets that you had in there, man, those were interesting where you're showing that, hey, Jason Garrett, sure, he wanted some reports, some specific reports, like the four than one stuff where Jason Garrett goes to the analytics department and he's like, man, should I be running with sick or just sneaking it with Dak Prescott? But that's like a very tiny type of like sample that, uh, that he could get out of the analytics department. But you point out that maybe when the analytics team was like, well, we should be passing the football more often in first and second down, that maybe Jason Garrett was a little bit resistant to all that. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, Adam Vonderhaar was was who was talking about that. He he had been uh, kind of the number two in the analytics department under Tom Robinson for a couple of years. He's now with Sumer Sports, um, which is oh, a, nice. another company kind of similar to PFF. Really great site. If you know, if you haven't checked them out, go ahead and do it. They're they're a great resource. Um, and he was kind of talking about that, where like you know, Jason Garrett would come to them and you know ask questions and and like, hey, like. You know, what do the numbers say about this? What do the numbers say about this? And sometimes he would act on that. And sometimes if it came back and, um, you know, Adam, Adam had said, like, you know, if I'm telling him to go forward on fourth down more often, he's probably not going to listen to me. One, because I'm not a football coach. And two, because Jason Garrett was naturally a little more conservative on fourth down decision making. Whereas a coach like Mike McCarthy, even back in Green Bay, you know, he was generally one of the more aggressive coaches on fourth down. He was generally one of the more pass happy play callers over that time. Um, and, and I'm sure it helped having a guy like Aaron Rodgers just in confidence and trusting your gut a little bit more. But, you know, for a guy like Mike McCarthy, when the analytics guy comes back and says, yeah, you should pass more. Yeah, you should go for it on fourth down. Of course, he's going to say, awesome. Love that. Nice. Um, yeah. You know, and it, it just kind of there, there's. I'm sure there were also instances where, you know, the analytics team would come back and tell McCarthy something and he would kind of say, you know, that, that doesn't, you know, I know the numbers say that it just doesn't really sit right with me. And I think that's probably the case to some extent with all coaches. Um, you know, they, they want to have the information, they want to have those, those tools available. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to just do whatever the analytics guy says. Um, and I think, you know, when you get into some of the conversations about, you know, some of the anti-analytics people that are like, it's ruining the sport, it's taking it over. There's always this narrative of like, you know, the, the, the guy, you know, with the glasses and the pocket protector is like <laughs> holding a gun to their head and saying, you have to go for it here. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, the coach still has the final say he's got autonomy over the team. Um, they, they're still making the decision and, and they kind of get to decide how much they trust those analytics people. Um, and it's some, it's a give and go because these coaches have been doing it for decades. They're going to trust their gut at the end of the day to some extent. I'll just say, man, and this is just a parenthesis here. I don't get the whole analytics is ruining the sport discourse because one, it's not like they're convincing teams to punt the football. It's not like they're convincing teams to, you know, run the football more like they're giving us 
for the most part, like more explosive offense and, and, and more aggressiveness on the football field. And then there's, of course, like all that goes on on the defensive side of things, which maybe is not as discussed as the offensive side of things. Uh, but if anything, like it's making the sport more fun and better too. So, and, and giving us more competitive games. We talk about the NFL being like this super competitive league. And I, I would bet like a small part of it, at least if not a large one is like everyone catching on. And you see the charts where NFL teams in general are going for it more often. Uh, they're throwing the football more often on early downs as well. So, uh, it just makes sense. Uh, but also, I'm going to fast forward maybe a little bit too much here to the McCarthy era here and to the 2023 season. So the Cowboys rebuild it all right in, in ahead of 2023. You mentioned that uh, they get John Park and they start growing and expanding into a size that they had never had for their analytics department. And among those hirings, you have even somebody coming from the MLB, right? They're, they're coming from Major League Baseball with the Tampa Bay Rays, which is known by all baseball fans as like the cutting edge analytics team in baseball because they've always been that and they don't care. They'll poke pitchers even if they're hot. They're like, nope, you're not pitching. You're not facing that batter for the third time. But now you're making the transition to football. So there's an aggressive shift within the organization in that sense. And maybe for the first few weeks of the season, we're like, oh boy, this is this is an old school offense, West Coast, quick passing and running the football. This does not look, look very analytically. And I think during the season, we're like, does that mean McCarthy's just like not listening to them? Or are the numbers just maybe, do they need to crunch the numbers? Like, like Michael Scott says in the office, right? Like hit crunch in the numbers to see if you're going to throw the football a little bit more. Uh, but no, it turns out that maybe they didn't even have time to really advise the coaching staff. And then at, at the bye week, we do see a shift. Based on your article, like, would you say, like, it is fair to say that a large part of that famous bye week in which the Cowboys offense entirely changed its approach, is it fair to say that a large part of it was the analytics department? Um, I mean, it's hard to say, like, just how much of it was them, but I think... Uh, Definitely, that was a factor in it. Um, you know, part of it also was, you know, as, as had been reported at the time, you know, C.D. Lamb going to the coaches and saying, hey, you know, I, I want to be a little more involved. Like, I think that might help. Um, some of it was just Mike McCarthy getting more comfortable calling the plays again, getting more comfortable with Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott building chemistry with Brandon Cooks, what have you. Um, also, health of the offensive line, you know, until that 49ers yeah. game, they hadn't had all five starters playing together. Uh, so it was, it was definitely a lot of things, but um, definitely, you know, with this analytics team, you know, all of them were were new to the organization. They were all just kind of getting their feet under them. Um, and, you know, one person had said, like, they were drinking out of a fire hose those first few weeks just because, you know, if you think about just the, the mechanics, like when you start a new job, you know, it, it takes a little bit to even learn people's names, let alone figure out how you how to work with this person oh, I have a job duty over here. Okay, but like I'm still learning that. Um, and, you know, it, there's just, there's an acclimation period. And especially with something like football where you come in and, you know, when you come in in the off season, of course they came in after the draft, after the, the main run of free agency. And so then it's kind of trying to build some of that infrastructure. But then when the season starts 
and the rubber hits the road, the games are happening, it's like, oh, okay, you know, here's here's how this happens. Here's how the team operates on week one. You know, when they're when they're on the road or when they're at home, and um, and then in that bye week, which you know historically Mike McCarthy has been, you know, he's really used that bye week for self scouting, and um, you know, usually has you know crosstalk in the in the coach's office. You know, defensive coaches meet with yeah. offensive players, things like that. And he's really big on the the you know introspection piece. Um, huddling up with the analytics team too and saying, hey, I mean, we're winning some games, but also, you know, we're we're not doing, you know, as as much as we want. We got crushed by the 49ers. Like, what can we do better? And, you know, I, I think it's no coincidence that, you know, they started passing the ball more on early downs, that they started, you know, using a lot more pre-snap motion. Um, the run game was kind of, you know, hit, you know, touch and go throughout the year, hit and miss, but it definitely got better as the season went along. I think they kind of found a little bit of a groove there. Tony Pollard also got healthier too, which was a big part of it. But um, I mean, it's, it, it's hard to ignore the fact that a lot of the things structurally that they did were just different and more in line with what the analytics tend to suggest is kind of the ideal way for, for offense and for defense to run. Um, and, and certainly that, that bye week was a huge part of kind of just, like touching base, huddling up, and like getting on the same page again. That makes sense. Like, had the Cowboys gotten better by running the football more or by being way more conservative, like then we would be like, okay, that's weird. But I agree with you. Like, they started doing more of what the analytics usually suggest, right? So that is definitely a good point right there. But it's also crazy to think, like, how how much or how many things analytics can be about, right? Because we usually talk about third down. We talk about fourth down. We talk about passing on early downs and, you know, going for it and all that. But then there's the example that we mentioned earlier about simply Jason Garrett being like, should I be sneaking it or should I be running with my with my cowbell running back, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, who is killing it, by the way, at that point in time in 2016, uh, and then there's also the game management aspect of it. And I thought that was also an interesting nugget in your series where now that Mike McCarthy is facing the 2023 season and then he's tasked with the play calling because Kellen Moore is out of the picture. He's like, you know, I'm going to be calling the plays. I got to have someone to help me with the game management stuff. And there were still some rough patches in, in the season, right? There's the ending of the Seattle Seahawks game where we're like, the Seahawks should not have gotten a chance to get back in the game, but they were back in it uh, at the end of the game before before the Cowboys defense. If I m remember correctly, they forced a turnover and the game was over then. Uh, but, you know, how, how heavy or, or how involved do you think was that process of game management? Because I know some coaches, like they have somebody talking in their ear during the game and being like, call a timeout, and then they call it. Did, did you happen to hear anything about the level of involvement of that process? Because I know you mentioned, and I can't remember the name of who it was who you know was involved in game management or Mike McCarthy, but did you happen to hear anything about like how involved was he? Yeah, so, so the guy uh, that's kind of like over game management, his name's Ryan Feeder, um, and he... Uh, he, he has a very interesting background because he had he had been a contributor at Over the Cap and Pro Football Focus in the past. 
um, has a background in uh, you know, economics and like business analytics and obviously also a background in football. Um, and he had actually been his last, I think he had been in Green Bay the last three years that McCarthy was the head coach there, um, helping out with the analytics side. And, um, you know, and Mike McCarthy wasn't, you know, he, he definitely was more analytics, pro, like pro analytics after he came to Dallas, after he had that year off and visited PFF headquarters and everything. But he had some exposure to it in Green Bay too, which uh, gets covered a little bit in in, in the one of the first two articles um, and, and Ryan feeder was a part of that. And so when he, when McCarthy came to Dallas, he brought in feeder as a, uh, I think he was a defensive assistant his first year, his okay. title was like defensive assistant slash analytics. And uh, there, there's a couple of people on this coaching staff that are kind of have a little bit of an analytics background as well as a coaching background. And so it's, it's kind of a hybrid role where they're not necessarily um, you know, they're, they're not on the computer, like creating code to spit out all these formulas and everything. But when the analytics team does do that part and they, you know, put out these results, like these coaches, then they understand like what EPA per play means, or they understand what, you know, DVOA stands for and how it can be applied. And they can kind of translate that to the other position coaches who might not, you know, they hear that and they're like, is that a typo? Did you fall asleep on your keyboard? Um, yeah, exactly. Like, a, like you, you said it best. Like I was going to suggest like a translator basically of some kind, exactly. right? Because it's a language. It, it becomes language yeah. at some point. Yeah. And and so there, uh, you know, there's a few coaches that have that kind of dual background that are on the staff that to help out with that. Ryan Feeder was one of those. This past year, uh, he added the title of game management and he's kind of that guy that, you know, is in McCarthy's ear thinking about like, hey, we need to you know, if it's a two minute drill, like here's how quickly we need to get the play in. Here's where we need to call a timeout, like make sure guys are getting out of bounds, things like that. And really just making sure that people, whether it's McCarthy or, you know, relaying it to the players of making sure we know how much time we still need. And there was, um, there was, a, I forget which game it was um, where, you know, McCarthy with like eight seconds left or something, he, he, he didn't call the timeout. He let it run down to three seconds, kick the oh, field yeah. goal. Um, and after that game, you know, he was saying like, we had, you know, we had decided ahead of that drive, like, you know, it, it was our, our like cutoff time was like seven seconds of like, if it's seven seconds, like, you know, we're just going to go for the field goal at that point. And he was like eight seconds versus seven seconds. I didn't think it was like, it was close enough to where I was like, we're just going to go with the field goal. Um, and so that when he says like we that was our predetermined cutoff time of seven seconds, that's something that's well, I can't say for an absolute fact, but from from what I know, and like that's probably a conversation he's having with Ryan Feeder at the start of that drive of like what's our cutoff time of where we're gonna say, all right, there's not enough time, we're just gonna go with the field goal. Um, yeah. so it's it's a very collaborative process, obviously, with McCarthy and all the experience he has as a play caller. Sometimes just like with, you know, other analytics things, like if he's really feeling it, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm in my bag right now. Like he might just go rogue and do his thing. But for the most part, you know, they have those conversations ahead of time to know how much time do we need for this play? How much time do we need here? Like, when do we just go for the field goal? Um, and, and that's, that's becoming a very common setup around the NFL too, with so many offensive minded head coaches that call plays. Uh, and so this, again, this wasn't really like a, uh, revolutionary thing the Cowboys did, but um, yeah. it was something where 
they hadn't had it. They were a little bit behind the times on it, and now they're kind of caught up. But it's also fun to see, like, how, like, you mentioned the word collaborative, right? Where there's so many people that are involved in this that you don't sometimes, like, really grasp it. Like, you know, we praise McCarthy for, you know, building this analytics department in the first place. But there's also a lot of support th throughout the throughout the team. Everyone, or not everyone, but, like, your average diehard fan knows who John Park is because he was very heavily covered last offseason. But not everyone knows who Sarah is, who you describe as a real star in your article or every one of these guys. And, you know, when we are talking about, like, the translators, right, like Ryan Feather, for example, uh, they're also translating it, like, they're also translating, likely, uh, the coach's input to the analytics department, right? Because maybe... The analytics department is like, man, I don't know what any of these football terminology means uh, when you get deep into the weeds to coach speak, right? Uh, and then I do think it's the right process for the coach. And I'm very, very, very pro analytics and pro data and use the data and everything. But if there's ever a time where a coach is like, man, screw it, I'll do this instead. I sometimes also understand it because I also feel like Well, if the cornerback is playing off coverage, like, like like if he's playing soft coverage and maybe that lights something up in your mind, maybe you'll do this instead of that, right? If that B gap to the weak side is open, maybe you'll do this instead of that, right? And there's like a thousand variables uh, that go into that game where maybe I can understand the coach is going quote unquote rogue sometimes. Now, where it gets interesting moving forward too is ahead of the 2024 NFL season does a full year of work where the new analytics department is not worried about you know uh getting like the onboarding process to the Cowboys and where the by you're not waiting for the bye week but you already know what you want to do on offense Do you think it's possible? Because this is one of the things that to me was a silver lining, a huge silver lining. I have not had hope this offseason, man. When Jerry Jones said that he was going to go all in, I said BS. Uh, I don't expect the Cowboys to go crazy on free agency. I don't expect the Cowboys to do this. Right now, I'm worried they won't even get the extensions done, right? So I think Cowboys Nation as a whole is down bad. But I do think there's some silver lining of hope after reading your articles in thinking McCarthy might be, might still be that same aggressive play caller that he was between the bye week and the end of the regular season. And that then for some reason also disappeared in the playoffs. Could it be that now we get that unleashed version of Mike McCarthy throughout an entire year? What's your take on that? I, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, It, having covered the Cowboys for, you know, a, a good portion of time, it's I've learned to never think that I know this team. They're always going to throw a <laughs> curveball at you. Yeah. Um, but I mean, from, from what I know and from what I've seen, uh, I would tend to agree with that characterization. I think, um, you know, as, as I had kind of written in, in the article, like by the end of the season, they kind of, had everything in its right place with this analytics team and kind of got into a good, you know, workflow of 
how they, you know, how they're going to generate their weekly reports, how that gets translated to the coaching staff, how that then gets implemented into the game plan and then passed on to the players. And it's, it's been a very integrated approach from the analytics team to the coaches, to the players. Um, and, and that's one of the things that, you know, people were raving about John Park, especially saying like, he speaks like a coach, you know, there, there's not, you know, oh, like nice. you were saying about the translation of, you know, some, some of them certainly, you know, have a very strict analytics background. Um, Bryant Davis, who you mentioned, who came over from the Rays, um, you know, having experience in the MLB, like he literally doesn't have the NFL experience, but he knows what he's talking about when it comes to data science and sports related data science. But with John Park, from what I heard was like, he speaks in coach speak. Like he, he doesn't even use the word analytics. He talks about like, we're, you know, we're doing our part with our experience to gain an edge. Um, very similar verbiage to what Mike McCarthy uses in general of like, I'm trying to win on the margins. I'm trying to get an edge over this team. Like if there's something we can exploit here or there, uh, offense, defense, or special teams, like we want to find it. And if we find that through the, the data evaluations, great. If we find it through film, great. If we find it just from coaches that had previous experiences against this other team, like great. And, you know, John Park, from what I have heard is he's not, um, you know, he's not someone who, when they get something right that came from the analytics department, he's not going to go and say, see, this is why, you know, you got to trust analytics more, um, which gets a little bit more buy-in from everybody else too. And so it, it's really helped kind of grow that relationship um, as well as the fact that all these people in this department, you know, have demonstrated a wealth of knowledge. And, um, you know, I, I'd written in, in the article about Sarah Malapale who came over from the Ravens um, you know, a couple people really raved about her, but also people said, you know, it would not be a surprise if in a few years, any one of these people that John Park hired to Dallas ends up getting hired to run their own analytics department somewhere else, because they're all just, they're all that good. And they're all kind of, you know, doing their own thing and having some level of, of autonomy within the department to where, you know, it, it would make sense for a team that wants to beef up their department to come looking and, you know, pinpoint one of these individuals. So um, I, I think as at least as it relates to in-season workflow, like I think they've, they've found a good groove at this point, found a good rhythm. Um, now, that being said, we're going into the first full offseason with this department. So, you know, like I had said before, they weren't there for the draft. They weren't there for free agency. They weren't there for contract negotiations and all of that. So it's going to be interesting to see how that also impacts uh, how they're going to approach it with, you know, discussions about the Cowboys aren't expected to re-sign Tony Pollard or Rico Dowdle, probably let them test the free agent market. I think that probably reflects a more analytically inclined approach to the running back position. Um, maybe some of the ways that they will try to manipulate the cap a little bit. Um, but, you know, as far as, you know, Jerry Jones, I know he said, we're, you know, we're going to go all in. Uh, it begs the question, what does all in mean to him? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think that they're going to be big spenders in free agency, mostly just because they can't, they literally can't afford to do that <laughs> just yet. <laughs> um, Got to do a few restructures and things. Um, but I do think, you know, a year ago with the trades that they made for Stefan Gilmore, Brandon Cooks, those were kind of, uh, those were shrewd moves. Those were areas where 
they were able to get, you know, really talented players for a relatively low cost. I think they'll probably, we'll, we'll see a similar approach, whether or not something actually comes to fruition. But I think the same logic, the same thinking of, you know, we need to prioritize, um, you know, the, the money positions as opposed to like drafting a running back really high, drafting a linebacker really high, and, and finding value at the positions where you can find later in the draft or kind of in the free agency bargain bin. Yeah, man, that's that's a that's something that I also that also caught my eye when reading your article, and I was gonna ask you about that. Like, if this analytics department changes anything that this team does free agency wise, like huge props to them because they're not that flexible, right? Like we know we know they're not, right? Uh, of course, like they took those baby steps in the right direction, trading for Gilmore, trading for Brandon Cooks. And, you know, the Trey Lance trade maybe was a little bit different, a little bit different context because you were not adding like that veteran impact player like with Gilmore and Cooks, but it still was relatively aggressive, right? To give away a foreground draft pick to get somebody that maybe was not even gonna, like he didn't make the active roster once, right? So they have shown more aggressiveness, but I'm I'm intrigued to seeing like if we, we got to talk about Stephen Jones here because that's the guy that you got to change his mind, right? He's the de facto GM, especially for free agency related stuff. I understand for the draft, it's Will McClay show, and and we have seen it right with the behind the scenes audio and video, for example, of him swaying the Cowboys into picking Massey Smith over Matthew Verger on last year. But man, if if this analytics department can be like Stephen here's why this works here's why we shouldn't worry about this cap hit uh, let me explain to you what an option bonus is right like I'm just making up stuff right now but like you know the Cowboys man I refuse to buy into that idea just because I don't want to get my heart broken but that would be a massive achievement by the analytics department if they do get that yeah and I mean Again, I'll, I'll hedge my own bets and just say, again, there's really just financially cap-wise, there's only so much they're going to be able to do. Um, so I'm not, you know, I'm not expecting a, a big Derrick Henry deal or uh, yes. you know, Xavier Howard. I don't know what his market will be, but probably not going to be realistic for Dallas. Um, you know, any of the big names, we're going to see the Cowboys connected just because that's what, that's what, agents do and they want to get yeah. the big names to get more visibility. Um, but I mean, I, I know, I know Stephen Jones was also in the hiring process that landed John Park and kind of the, the process of building out this analytics department. He was pretty involved too. He wasn't necessarily like leading the search, but he was, you know, very consistent throughout the process. It, you know, it was something that ultimately he was supportive of and, you know, was, was involved and, you know, it, it has his backing. And so this isn't necessarily, you know, it, it's not like Mike McCarthy brought these guys in and Stephen Jones was like, okay, you know, you can, you can play on your computers during the football games, you know, whatever. Um, so I, I really do think, uh, you know, just based on what I, what I was able to learn that Stephen Jones is, is listening to the analytics team. Um, but of course he also, he very much trusts uh, Will McClay. He very much trusts Mike McCarthy. So He's going to take a whole lot of people's opinions into consideration as they go through this process. And um, I, I think it'll be really interesting to see how they approach it. But uh, 
Uh, I'm personally, I'm hopeful. I, I think, in general, just from a from an infrastructure setup, they've got a lot of things in place now to kind of set them up for better success, for better process going forward. May not necessarily translate to better results all the time, but I think having the process in place is a good first step. And they've, I, from what I've seen, they they definitely have that set up now. Awesome. Well, man, guys. Thank you, first and foremost, to all of the people in the chat right now watching live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. As always, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. But David, man, thank you for joining the show. This was super fun. Uh, and again, I do recommend everyone to go check out the article series that David put together. Uh, thanks so much, man, for taking the time to join the show. Yeah, thank you for for letting me come on and and uh, plug my own articles and and talk about everything. It was uh, it was definitely a fun time and um, always it's always a fun time talking about the Cowboys and especially talking about the nerdy analytic stuff that I really enjoy. Man, like hey, we, we're a couple of nerds here, so this was a a nerd. This was a geek show basically. So, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, it it is Thursday, so it is the final show of the week. We will be back on, well, I will be back. David won't be back. Don't worry, David. You can enjoy your Sunday night. Uh, but we will. I will be back on Sunday, 8 p.m. Central, uh, to talk some Cowboys football with you. Hit the like button for me, and I will see you next weekend. Bye-bye.